very excited today. Welcome to the Arcane Slang Show. Drew, I was trying to think about how to introduce you, but ultimately, for the people listening who don't know who Drew is, you are basically, you're, you're the, tr- you're like, I'm playing you in the movie. Your life, you've lived adventures in golf in more of a real way than I have. And that's supposed to be a compliment. You know, that's supposed to be something very like, like I, I have a lot of respect for your, the way you've chosen to live your life. You're 28? Mm-hmm. 28. Fuck it. I'm 39. <laughs> Just a number, bro. <laughs> but you've, you've anyway, you've, you've created this life for yourself. I guess the word that you use to describe yourself, I'm assuming, is... A video maker. Video maker. World traveler. Not YouTuber. I don't like the word YouTuber or vlogger. They just kind of rub me the wrong way. You've got like millions of subscribers and followers all throughout social media. You post daily videos that serve to educate, explain the world that you've traveled to. It's 190... 191 countries. 191 countries as of right now. Yeah. How many countries are in the world? 200 and... 197. 197. Yeah. So you're getting started to make a film about this for the last six Correct. countries that are left yep um and why you're on the podcast today because you're a five handicap mm-hmm. and you love golf absolutely and you've got a pretty pure swing technically sound <laughs> where did that come from where did the swing come from first of all thanks for the intro i got the chills man i couldn't have said anything better myself <laughs> um and, but, and to be sure i don't usually introduce people okay i really don't i usually just say how do you introduce yourself some might take it as lazy but I'm I'm serious though. Like I I have a deep amount of respect for for the way you teach. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. So I grew up in Scottsdale, as you know. You've been many times. There's so many courses out there. Um, I grew up playing hockey and baseball, and you know my dad got me into sports. And um, in high school, you know, I picked up a golf club and I was about a 30 handicap. I shoot about 100, 110, and it was fine. I would come way over the top and either go way left or just slice it and go on the right side of the fairway and then my dad's like you should get lessons from a pro so I went to Arizona Country Club which is down in the south part of uh, Scottsdale and there's an old pro named Scott Watkins he played in the 80s he got top 10 in Bay Hill one year you probably don't know him but he was was just a normal PGA golfer and I went from a 30 to uh, about a 5 in 18 months getting lessons every weekend practicing what I did listening to him, he, he would record me on a VHR tape. This is like in 2006. Even though VHR is still before that, it, I feel like an old man right now. And he would play it back and he fixed everything. And yeah, then uh, at one point, right when I graduated high school, I was shooting even par from the tips at hard courses. And I looked at my dad, he looked at me and he's like, do you want to try to play golf in college? And I was like, no. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, why immediate no? I just didn't, I know how competitive it is and how hard it is. And even if I, I just didn't think I was, I'm a realist and I was like, I'd rather kind of live my life and have golf always be a fun second, which I'm happy I did. And this is at what age? 18. So, and at 18, you still had, I'm assuming no idea that your life would be where it is now, 10 years later. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you went to the same college that my parents met at. Really? Yeah. Wisconsin. With really? the, with Bucky, right? With Bucky, yeah. The uh, the mascot is a badger. Nice. And my parents met there. Um, different podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to actually know because I I saw you uh, majored in economics. Yeah. Does that relate to where you're at right now? Kind of. Um, 
I always like to travel. I, I did hockey tournaments as a kid around the country and with my parents, we traveled, but I didn't realize I was like really into it until I studied abroad in Prague in Czech Republic my junior year. Um, but yeah, I'm a business mind. I studied economics and entrepreneurship, learning how to you know, grow a business and all that stuff. So that helped me get where I am today. It's like a way of thinking and economics. It teaches you how the world works. So when I go to other countries, I kind of like naturally will observe why is this place so expensive? Why do people, why are there so many poor people here? It's just kind of a way of thinking. So it definitely helped me um, become like an educator to teach people about different countries that I go to and different experiences and different stuff. So yeah, it was studying abroad where I got the spark to travel abroad. Um, sorry, I got the travel bug studying abroad. And then it was teaching English in Korea after college, which really was the move to neglect the corporate world like all my friends were doing. All my friends are from the East Coast. They're all Jews that went to Wisconsin and they all went to get real estate jobs and whatever. And I was like, I don't want the corporate life. I'm going to go to Asia, teach English. I brought my clubs with me, practice. It was a little like, have you been to Korea? Yeah. So, you know, those like five story green, oh, yeah. green net. Yeah, there was one right next to my house and I would just go there and practice. And you see the women out there, they're like robots. They just hit like a thousand balls in, in an hour. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. I lived in Korea for two years and then I didn't pick up a video camera until two years after I left Korea. So I was just traveling and then my girlfriend, who's still with me now, she's out here in, in our place in LA, she just bought me a camera. She's like, hey, I think you should start making videos randomly. And I did. It's weird, right? That's so strange. It's weird because I was doing Snapchat when Snapchat was big in 2015. I was doing that full time, which is funny to say that now. I was invited to go to Rio de Janeiro for the Olympics four years ago. I was p sponsored by the Olympics to Snapchat and share my experiences. And they paid me five grand. It was awesome. I got flown out to was Rio. Was that one of your first kind of yeah. jobs in media? Yeah, Snapchat. And then I was working with like airlines, American Airlines. They did a campaign and they're like, hey, we want you to fly around and promote us on your Snapchat. I was getting like 30,000 views a snap, which was kind of a lot at the time. And then it just like I pivoted to video because I realized this is the future. So I went to North Korea three years ago, made a video there, got 10 million views. And that was where I was like, done, video every day. Yeah, so the North Korea thing, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta break that I'm down. I'm here. Let's talk. I, my, my side of it is season one. Uh, we were gonna go to North Korea. There's a golf course there. Oh yeah. yeah, in Pyongyang. Yeah, in Pyongyang. And they have an amateur tournament every year in October, like the 15th and 16th, if I remember correctly. And no travel agents in the United States could help me out. Uh, so I called this company in England and I was like, can you get me in and like make it work? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what happens. I'm not, right. I'm not a pro traveler. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. And, um, they were like, yeah, no problem. And, uh, th this is 2017 or 16, I guess. And, uh, basically we were all set to go. <laughs> and then the kid pulled the poster down. Dude, that's right when I was there. Yeah. I was there in 2017. I think. I'm one of the last Americans to step foot in North Korea because right after I left, we became banned. Yeah. Which is what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and, and if you're listening and you don't know the full story, um, he was, um, he, he was on a school trip. He, he pulled a poster down. It was no big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't some secret poster, right? He took it and they caught him and they, um, put him in captivity yep. and they released him mm -hmm. six months ago, mm -hmm. nine months ago. In a coma. In, he was flown back to the United States in a coma, and then he died two days later. In Ohio, in his home. And we presume, the, the, the suspicion is that he was poisoned upon departing. Yeah, something like that. Because obviously he was put under, I'm sure, some serious, yeah. you know, um, transgression. Anyway, you know, the reason 
uh, that affected me is because I'm like, I'm the kind of guy that steals a poster. You know what I mean? I am. Yeah. Same. So, so it's same. <laughs> I, but you were already there. I stole a, a currency note and they were like, whatever you do, they give you these rules. They're like, you can't um, take a picture of Kim Jong-un or his family. You can't, you have to respect everything. Use two hands when you give something. And so, and then they're like, don't steal anything. You're not allowed to use the local currency. You're, you can only use dollars, they, whatever, or euros. They're like, don't take a currency. Don't take anything that says North Korean writing. And I stole a, I collect currency. So I stole a banknote. It's the coolest thing I own. Economics. Yeah, economics. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Wait, so what? You stole it. If they would have caught me in the airport, I probably would have been the next Otto Warmbier. Yeah. You would have. Yeah. I would. Oh, my. God. Yeah. I put it in. I put it on the bottom of my foot, then I put my sock on, then I put my shoe on. Oh, you knew that I, this was... I knew that they, if they see it, it'll be a problem. Were you sweating? Not really. Dude, I'm it. sweating. <laughs> it makes the whole, like, I've, I've, I've touted this meeting Tiger Woods as the most nervous moment of my life. I thought that video was hilarious. I, I, think, I think risking my life to smuggle that would, it would tear up. I mean, you've, I'm sure, run into dozens of difficulties. How much time do you have? <laughs> how long I, is this an hour podcast i love this dude yeah. this is like this is we can break this down yeah. see that's also it, it's also like i feel a kindred spirit with you right. it's like you know what i mean because it's like nobody does this nobody goes out there and does this and right. and to get real binary how many countries have you played golf in i played golf in 42 countries okay so if you're listening to the podcast i want you to pause really quick Hopefully you're not driving. And I want you to try to think about how many countries you've been to in total. I did it and it was way less than I thought. I think it was like mid fifties. It's pretty good. Maybe it's pretty good for most people. Like it's top 5% for sure. Top 1%. 1%. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it wasn't as many as I thought. And I think part of the reason for me is cause I go to the same countries right. duplicate times. Like, sure. you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, what's the what's the question that you get asked where you're like, roll your eyes? What's your favorite country? Ooh. You can ask me if you want. <laughs> I'm not going I won't to. roll my eyes. <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, do you have a least favorite country? <laughs> yeah, I I don't like to pinpoint. Um, I don't think we're gonna have any any listeners from there, so I'll I'll pinpoint <laughs> for this purposes. I went to Chad. It's in Central Africa, and yeah. they're just very unwelcoming. And I had my camera out, and I was actually. Um, physically attacked. If I didn't have my local friend there who was like my bodyguard, I would have not been okay. Uh. They just like, they're, you're kind of guilty until proven innocent in mm. that region. And so they're like, why are you here? They don't really get many tourists and it, it's tough. It's tough to travel there and just try to be like, hi, you know, I just want to know about your life and I want to eat dinner with you. But they're very standoffish. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, I, that, that's tough. It's tough. You see that a lot. It's hard. And, and what's, I think the, maybe good takeaway is, I mean, cause I've seen it too, is it's, it's, it's hard when, you know, I feel like you and I are both positive, welcoming, sure. nice people. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you're like, I'm giving you everything I got. I'm right. giving you all sorts of runway right. to land the friendship plane yep. and you're just not interested. Um, so that's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, I know that, um, sometimes, yeah, I was thinking about it, like, like, because you basically go to a country, and, and what's your average duration that you're there? Filming? About a week. Um, some countries more, some countries less. About a week. Yeah, and and you know, 
I mean, you've got a lot of responsibility while you're there. Yeah. Like you've got a busy schedule. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're editing at night. I'm working. I do everyday videos. So <laughs> I'm working like 19 hour days when I'm on the road. Here has been a little bit slower sleeping more and not having content to post. But I sleep four hours a night on a good night. And then I'm up scripting, meeting locals, shooting, editing, uploading, responding to comments every day. Do the same thing. And it's just you. It's just me. That's impressive, yeah. man. Yeah. That's 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 like again, you know, that reminds me of like Gary Vee or something. It's like, uh, it's not a secret why this has happened for you, why right. why you've been so successful, why you've had the chance to live your dreams. It's just you your dream was to work hard. Yeah, put in the work. Yeah. You know, did you see that Kobe clip? Which um one? it it was um it was him doing a speech in the middle of the basketball stadium. I don't really know the context, but he was like you know, um, you're, uh, you have a chance to live a life beyond your wildest dreams once you realize that the dream is like just the work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it makes me think about a post you put up um, within the last year where you were talking about burnout. Mm -hmm. And I experienced that. Yeah. I, I think it was a little different. But for me, the mm -hmm. burnout was more um, trying to, you know, the the well of inspiration can can kind of run dry if you start, looking at things that aren't created by inspiration. What, you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. It's tough. I try to find that work-life balance um, because I'm working so hard and I overwork myself. I know that I overwork myself. It but, sounds like it. But like, I'm obsessed with telling the story and I want to tell the story and I'll do whatever I can if I have to sacrifice all my sleep one night just to edit the story because I know that the stories live forever. If I'm only in... Sudan for five days I want to tell five stories and I can watch those with my grandkids when I'm 60 that's the cool thing about what we do right so that's I'm obsessed with that and I and I do whatever and I've, I've become more efficient at it when I first started it would take me seven hours to edit each video now it takes me like three or four so I got twice as fast as editing I'm really careful when I shoot I don't shoot stuff that I don't need I'm like it's really specific here's what I need to, here's part of the story I script it and I edit it and before I would just shoot everything and maybe you might have the same problem when you first started. You would shoot everything, go on your computer and be like, how the hell do I put this into a video? Do you edit? Uh, personally, I have experience editing, but I don't really edit. Jealous. Currently. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm actually a really good editor and I enjoy it. But it, and it's a hard thing to translate to other people, actually. Right. But um, yeah. It's okay. Speaking of hard thing to translate to other people, I struggle with golf content because my followers don't like golf. They hate it. The average per if you go on the street and, and ask someone, they're gonna they don't even know what golf is. It's it's tough. It's a secret society, I'm yes. realizing. <laughs> you are like the, the king of the secret society because you built your whole following and your whole everything with golf audience, which is great. And it was for, a mistake. It was an accident. It doesn't matter what it was. <laughs> you, you did a good job. So for me, I I love golf and I try to make golf videos. And recently, I've been doing some more, and it's like a very much one percent of my audience likes golf. It is what it is. Um, it's not a bad thing. It's like a lot of my followers are from Pakistan, New Zealand, like whatever. All the countries I go to, I get audience from, I grow a following in those countries because I make videos there. And a lot of countries don't get videos made there. So I'm kind of like, yeah, so it is what it is. Um, but every country I've been to has a golf course, almost every country. So I think other than soccer, golf is the world's second most popular sport. Not most, sorry, not most popular, most, um, far reaching. Yes. Yeah. You can find a golf course in almost every country. I can name you a very few that I haven't seen one. 
That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm curious to know that, you know, we, um, I've, I've, I've observed this as well. Mm -hmm. Golf is one of the few games that, uh, travels so well. And so why do you think golf travels so well? Why is it in every country in the world? I don't know. Maybe because you can have a golf course outside um, on the layout of the land, you know, anywhere that you are. If you have beaches, you can show off the beaches. If you're in a mountainous country, you can have a golf course there. I guess it's kind of expensive to maintain, but I've played some courses like in northwestern India before that are just all sand. And like when I was on the putting green, which was sand, the, the caddy was taking, you guys can't see because there's no video while you're filming me. He was taking his foot and like carving the way on the green just for my ball to go. I have, what, 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 what area of India is that? That was in northwestern India, a rural part of India. So there wasn't many people around. Um, the closest city was Jaisalmer. It's by the Pakistani border. I don't know it. I, I just look on Google Maps, like golf course near me. Oh, found it. Boom, showed up. And it was wild. And, and when you travel, you've traveled to 191 countries. You played golf in 40 of them. Do you bring the clubs or are you just picking up sticks? Definitely picking up sticks. I'm a minimalist. I travel with two carry-on bags. I never check my bags. It just gives me anxiety checking the bag. And golf golf clubs are the last <laughs> thing I want to bring with me. It gives you anxiety because you pretty much know that you might never see that bag yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. And I've had friends lose bags. And I have you know, camera equipment I don't want to lose. But I rent clubs. Um, very, very rarely I'll get a nice set of clubs. So I just I have to cut my score. I always try to score well. I'm sure you do too. But when I'm in um, Uzbekistan and they give me a set of clubs from the 60s, you just want, you're happy to play golf. Right. Five handicap, any hole-in-ones? No hole-in-ones. I've been this close a few times and this close to a double eagle a few times too. Um, of all of the courses you've played throughout the world, what is the single most kind of bizarre experience, if, if, there, if you can boil it into one? I told you the India story, so I'll tell you another one. Um, in Kuwait, which was one of my first Muslim-majority countries, it was three years ago. And have you been to a Muslim-majority country? Um, would that be... Like Turkey, uh, Egypt? Oh, you've been to Egypt. I've been to Egypt, yeah. yeah so you're familiar yeah. with the loud... See, I'm, that, you really put me on the spot and embarrassed me because I... By the way, we almost met in Egypt. Do you remember that? That's true. I was, I flew That's in true. and I was like, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a layover. I, th this is why I appreciate what you do is because you're not just going out there like influencing. You're not like, Hey, swipe up. You're yeah. going out there and you're saying, this is a Muslim majority country. And it's like, I, I was like, Oh, I don't, I need, I watch your videos and I learn something. The border one. Yeah. That was money. Thank you. you know what I mean, I, I literally love going to school with Drew. <laughs> That's the next channel. Hey, that's, that's a compliment, dude. I try to, I try to inspire people and educate them. So if you tell me this as feedback, I feel like I did my job. So you thank did. you. What were we just talking about? Oh, a major. Oh, Kuwait. So I went to Kuwait and I played around a golf and on the first tee box, there was a mosque right there. I didn't even see it. It was kind of, it was like, it was like 20 feet away from me and there was a huge megaphone. And, you know, in the Muslim world, five times a day, they do the prayer on the loudspeaker. That's why I ask you if you've been to a Muslim country. And right before I was about to hit off on the first tee, the guy just started praying loud, like right in my ear. Like I, I freaked out. I thought it was like a, like a helicopter landing on me or something. And they, nobody else um, did anything because it's normal. Every day they have, you know, five times a day they pray uh, on the loudspeaker. And I just made, made a fool of myself. I was playing with a foursome. <laughs> I was by myself, three random guys there. And they were, you know, they were just kind of keeping to themselves, like trying not to laugh. And I just felt like a moron. Like, I, I, that was just a funny story. Um, but, like, I played curious, golf. Curious to know, like, 
super poignantly, like what has there been a single takeaway that you've received from the, cause, cause you grew up, you took a lot of lessons, mm-hmm. you became very good. You considered playing in college and then you now travel the world with another purpose, but you enjoy playing golf everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. a bit of a side hustle. It's a side mission kind of. that has no benefit to your business. Personal you know, life. Yeah. It's a personal endeavor. Have you, what, has there been a takeaway from experiencing golf in so many different cultures that you've been able to kind of take? Yeah, good question. So golf is kind of like my therapy. And I think a lot of golfers would say that. But I work so hard that golf is the only time I can set four hours aside and not have my camera with me and not worry about what content I'm making. So it's very much a personal thing for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, I meet at any local golf course, you always meet the local pro and it's usually a caddy. And it's cool just to have a cultural exchange. My last round abroad was in Burundi. It's an East African country. It's tucked away in between the Congo and it was awesome. There's one course there, um, Burundi Country Club. I showed up. It was actually much nicer than I thought. And my caddy was the be- quote-unquote best golfer in Burundi. He's a scratch golfer. And we, we played. He, he was awesome. But he was just this long, young 18-year-old kid. And he told me that there's not much of a golf life, co- golf community there. It's too expensive to get golf shoes, to get golf clubs, to get golf balls. It's expensive. But he was really good. And um, it was just cool to hear his own personal experience in this really tucked away East African country. That's cool to me. So, and I didn't post about it. This is just for me, for my own personal knowledge and I enjoyed it. So yeah. I can't wait to go through all the photos. Oh dude. We got to dig through the photos. I got a lot. Um, let's take a quick break. Cool. All right. Hitting you up at the ad break here. I got a couple to run through Jones golf bags. Y'all made in Portland. These bags are, uh, that go back to the 70s. You're going to recognize these if you're older, and if you're not, you're going to be like, those look retro. They're awesome. Well, they are awesome, and they're also wonderfully priced. They also have some random golf club bags. Uh, we are getting a new bag up and running, so check back on the website for that. We're currently sold out of all the current bags that we have through Jones, um, but stay tuned. You can sign up for the mailing list at randomgolfclub.com or head over to Jones Golf Bags. Follow them on Instagram, Jones underscore sports underscore co. They make the best bags in the biz. They've got dual straps, single straps. They probably have a triple strap. They've got stand bags. Um, they my One of the best is I like the original bag. I like the player series. I also like the Ranger or the Rover. One of the two. Either way, I love that bag. And I love the guys that make up Jones. Very proud to welcome a new sponsor to the Random Golf Club universe. That's Whoop. You may have seen me wearing a, quote, watch on my right wrist. That's not a watch. It's a Whoop strap, W-H-O-O-P. And they're offering uh, a discount. I don't quite know what it is. It could be 15%. I don't know. It's pro- It could be more uh, if you use the code E-A-L. And um, my experience with this wonderful device, this wearable technology, is that it helps me get better sleep. It helps me understand the strain that I'm going through throughout the day, whether I'm you know, on the bike, it connects to my Peloton, or whether I'm just walking 18 holes of golf, which, by the way, actually is pretty strenuous. I didn't really realize that's why I need a nap in the middle of the day, folks, if I play a 6 a.m. round. Um, but definitely go check it out. They've obviously, you probably heard the news that they gave one out to every PGA Tour player because it actually has been proven to help identify, um, you know, subtle, I guess, biometric changes in your body that could lead to uh, early um, uh, detection of COVID. So, you know, a lot of reasons to try this thing. A lot of athletes have been loving it, obviously, Rory and Justin Thomas. So check that out. All right, folks. Features. Here's the story. F-E-E-T-U-R. 
E-S. Want to get that out of the way, folks. It's, it's not feature films. It's not... I don't know what else it would be, but it's features. Anyway, uh, here's the deal with the features. I put them on my feet, and I feel pretty much faster. I've done nothing. I've changed nothing. I've actually just put on a pair of socks, and somehow I have obtained higher levels of speed. Um, anyway, it can make a huge difference. Runners obviously are psycho about sock choices, or so I've been told. I, you know, I hear it. I hear it in the locker rooms. I hear it around runners in their socks i mean it's like whoa i mean it's like a golfer's grip right this is a feature's feet boom whoa that just happened anyway um these socks keep your feet cool dry and blister free while providing a custom like fit that won't bunch of slip during the backswing god i mean you know what that's the last thing i need is something else to blame my bad shot on um anyway they've engineered a stock with targeted a sock not a stock it's not an ipo <laughs> Targeted compression, anatomical design, and moisture wicking material for unsurpassed performance. I do, um, I actually wear my features on special occasions. I'm kind of like a, I put, I put the features on for like a night out. You know, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, anyway, I do, I do love them. I do love the way they snuggle my friggle, friggle, friggle feet. Um, anyway, you're going to get $10 off your first pair when you use the code Eric, E-R-I-K, at features.com. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. Promo code Eric for $10 off your first pair. Um, that pair will be guaranteed for life. Guaranteed for life. Features are so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, they'll give you a replacement pair. No cues aid. No questions asked. FYI. Features is highly is a proudly family-owned business uh, down there in... Uh, North Carolina, we all know that. That's old news. But uh, anyway, check out Hugh and uh, and uh, his sons Joe and John to uh, you know, and they're working on their mission to create products to help you achieve your personal best, primarily focused on your feet. I was about to say something about and your ten toes, but you know, honestly, then I was like, maybe you don't have ten toes, and I was like, I don't want to make anyone feel bad if they only have nine, or maybe you've got eleven. This one goes to eleven. Anyway, <laughs> features.com promo code Eric. Get your socks if you if you don't like them. Honestly, that's on you because they're saying they'll give you they'll give you as much as you need to like them. And the truth is, I honestly don't know how you wouldn't like these socks. Like I said, I've put them on. I don't I don't see there's a world where you're like this is not the perfect sock. So you know, hey, prove me wrong. TaylorMade, folks. TaylorMade is a family and it's a team. They've been so generous with their staff players for the Ace Cam videos for us. And obviously, the sim driver has changed my life. I can now I can drive the ball seven thousand yards, and it actually it hits me in the in the butt. It goes so far. Um, but definitely check out all of the things from TaylorMade. I love those guys. Vice, Vice, Vice. It's a golf ball. It's got style. It's got class. But even more importantly, it performs as good as the top performing balls for half the price. So check out the Vice commercials. You may have seen those. I don't know if you have. Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Um, we've got a random golf club ball coming out very soon. They're on a truck. I think we have – there's so many balls that they're bringing them in. I don't even know how they bring them in. They're probably not on a plane because it would weigh the plane down. I don't even know. Check up randomgolfclub.com for the Vice balls coming up. Precision Pro. Also big news for Precision Pro coming soon. You've heard me talk about it. 
I think I can definitively say we're going to be launching this in the middle of August. The Random Golf Club Precision Pro Rangefinder comes with free battery replacement for life. It's got a magnet on it. We're going to get the NX9 with the RGC branding. And then all of the other rangefinders they make are wonderful. It's a wonderful family operation up there in Cincinnati. Great crew. Um, and then we have um, Standby. All right. Now I realize why I was stumbling is because I didn't have what I needed to have to tell you about keeps, folks. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. That's the key. They didn't underline that, but I'm underlining it for you. Get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to the pharmacy checkout lines, not fun during COVID, and awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Quite possible. Prevention is key. Keeps keeps treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results, so it's important to act fast. Literally, press pause and get this. Uh, The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. You're not even saving money. You're saving hairs. We're splitting hairs here, folks. Okay, sorry. No, stop. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and nearly 100,000 men. Trust, that's that's an army. That's an army, folks. 100,000 hairy men, by the way. They're hairy for sure. Um, Keeps, keeps, Snowball. Snowball, you have enough hair. Relax. He's hypoallergenic, so he doesn't even lose it. It's like, come on, man. It's an embarrassment of riches over there, Snowball. It's all white, I know. But you, you were born with white hair. Okay, moving on. Keeps uh, their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments starts at just $10 per month. Plus, $10 a month? That's a good deal. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. Required talking points. This is written in red. Use your talking points what to guide the narrative, but to put it in your own words. Whoops, too late for that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I think we're good. Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash Anders. That's my name, folks. That's how you get a discount. If you're ready to take action, if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Anders to receive your first month of treatment free. That's ten bucks off, y'all. If they if you do it for a year, that's eight percent. Quick math. Uh dot com slash Anders. Um uh, we uh, oh, we do keep customer before and after photos. That's cool. There's our online. You can go look at customer before and after photos. Keeps.com. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Anders. Bunch of other stuff that they told me not to do. Pretty sure I didn't do it. Anyway, much love to y'all. Check out Keeps.com and check out all of our other partners that support RandomGolfClub.com and go to RandomGolfClub.com to check out stories, merch, community, and more. Membership coming soon. All right, we're back. Um, it's so funny because w- whenever you pause the mic, you just start talking about real stuff. Right. And um, we were we were joking about how, um, you know, Drew, your channel is travel related. No one cares about golf. Yeah. 
you, you, you post a golf video and what is it? It does literally nothing. It, 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 the YouTube uh, dashboard within the creator studio says basically why. It says don't post golf again. <laughs> why? <laughs> it, says, it says something like subscribers are less interested in this yeah. content and they're watching it less often yeah. uh, le- for, for shorter yeah. than usual. Yeah. YouTube's like, please don't do that again. Yeah, yeah, because YouTube wants you of course. To, to make great stuff. They want people, they want eyeballs on YouTube. And they pay you. Yeah, they pay me. You, we, so we started talking about the, 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 the camaraderie there of the business of YouTube. Because, I mean, you know, it's pretty clear. I, I have a, I have a I, I'm happy with the content we make. Here's the interesting thing from my particular is we make great videos that people don't watch. <laughs> it's like people just don't care like like we put so much time and energy i love that man the dustin johnson hole in one shit i could watch that all day i appreciate that it's cool but there's kids out there with cell phones literally not even thinking about it and they're getting millions of views in the golf yeah. world um i don't stress about it too much i mean youtube is one facet of our business but for you it's everything mm-hmm yeah. Tell us about that. First of all, real quick, there are people getting millions of views in golf, you just said? Uh, yeah. Who? Like Shields, uh, okay. GM Golf, uh, Finchy. Um, uh, I mean, me and my golf. I mean, there's, there's, they're out there. I've heard of those guys before. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, so it is a real business. It's a real job, and it can be really profitable. So two years ago, when I was doing this, uh, three years ago, I was doing Snapchat. I would make like a couple grand a month and be really happy. I had a, a blog too, which was a little bit of advertising and sponsorships. But then, yeah, I started posting for the first year on Facebook only. I neglected YouTube. I don't know why. I wish I didn't. You, I didn't make a dime from Facebook at all because they didn't roll out their revenue stream until about two years ago. And they tested it on me. I got an email. Hey, we want to have, you're one of the first people we want to have the uh, revenue stream. I was like, sure. You want to pay me for the content I'm already making? Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, right now, Facebook and YouTube are like a one, two punch. Some one month I'll make more on Facebook. One month I'll make more on YouTube. But on YouTube, my best month was like $30,000. Jesus. Yeah. It's crazy because I'm, I'm doing this out of pure love and passion. And if I made a thousand a month, I'd still do it. Cause I love traveling and making stories. And now, now it's great because now I can sleep in nicer hotels. I can book nicer flights. I don't have to fly on budget airlines. I can fly first class if I want. So it's cool. And I don't have to really stress about money and it's nice to be rewarded for content that I make. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and even it's, it's almost like, it's like, it's like the money. I was going to ask you this earlier, but we mm-hmm. kind of got sidetracked. The money's great. Mm-hmm. And we do well, and I'm very proud of everything we've done. But a lot of experts would say, if you go after the money, you're gonna you're gonna be really disappointed pretty quickly, especially for creators like us. I mean, if you were if you did become a finance guy, it was just about making the money, right? You know, but 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 why do you do it? Why do I make videos? Yeah, well, really, the why, why, why? I absolutely am obsessed with meeting new people, having new experiences, trying new foods going into people's houses and just seeing what else is out there aside from Arizona where I grew up. And it, it became this crazy obsession. And I'm, I'm, I told you this earlier, I'm obsessed with telling the story. I like to be the messenger or the prophet to go somewhere. Someone told me I'm like a prophet. If I was living 500 years ago, they said, so I was like, that's kind of cool. I like to be the prophet to go somewhere to a place that no one has heard about, like Van, like not Vanuatu, like Kiribati in the Pacific Islands or like Nauru or like Suriname. And I'm looking at your face and you're like, what are you talking about? And that's I don't awesome. know these places. Great. Because I like to go there and say, hey, there is a country here. There are people living, especially war zones. Recently, I was in Syria and Afghanistan and Yemen. 
and everyone is too scared to go there. And I went and I was like, you know what? There are people that wake up every morning. They go to the market. They send their kids to school. They, you know, they go pray. They come home. They love each other. They get married just like we do. But yes, part of the society is torn from the war and it's really sad to see. But there's a whole world, which is most people that are innocent, that are living their life in Somalia. So I like to go there and tell the story of those people. And look, I got chills talking about it because I love it so much. And the money is all the money is always secondary. If I'm making, as, as I said, 2000 a month or 10,000 a month or 100,000 a month, it's not going to change what I do. And a lot of, I get a lot of feedback. People are like, oh, I love that your video uh, storytelling is always the same since day one. And I pride myself in that. I don't want to all of a sudden make money. And then I'm like, nah, I don't give a shit about making videos anymore. I'll do I'll play golf every day. <laughs> well, I still will do that. Well, what's funny is actually, and to go back to something I wanted to say earlier too, like for you when you're traveling, golf is the vacation. Yeah. Golf is the golf is the me time. Right. And it's funny because I think part of my burnout that happened, it wasn't some mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle moment, but it was, <laughs> it was like, it 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 was this ironic feeling of like, oh, everyone's out here, like everyone's like, oh, you get to play the greatest golf courses and you know, da, 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 da. And it's like, well, I'm kind of like working on the golf course. Yeah. I'm like, I would rather just go play. Right. I would rather not have to like hear a drone buzz by my head or right. think about a shot or think about some conversation. And, but that doesn't happen for you and cause you love to travel. Right. And so for me, and so it, it's actually ironically flipped because for me, then after we'd filmed golf during the day, I like to go out to eat. Yeah, I like to go like to a nice place and like talk to people about the place. And sometimes we film that. But for the most part, that's kind of my dessert. Interesting. Yeah. Turning the camera off. Right. We we do the same thing, but it's there's many parallels that cross and then they're different and then they're the same. Have you noticed that? It's like, yeah, I I don't know what to say. I mean, I just find happiness on the golf course. And that's the only time in my life. You can ask my friends, my girlfriend, my parents. The only time that I just don't think about creating content. I'm thinking about creating content like right after we, I'm going home and I have to make a story on this guy. Like like all day. And then I'll be editing that the rest of the day. So, yeah. There's something really like uh, exciting about that. I, I don't know. I, for me, I love... Um, I, we're, we're about to launch a new website. Mm-hmm. And maybe it'll even be up by the time this podcast up. You'll know if you heard an ad to go to the website seven minutes ago. But check the um, website. <laughs> but it's going to be, um, you know, editorialized stories from around the world. I'd like you to write an article. Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, you'd be. It would be. I would. Be, I would be uh, thrilled. Would love to. You know, you've got all these great photos and stories from around the world. Um, if you had to pick an area of the world that you would say, oh, you've got six months off and you love golf and that's all you want to do for six months, you know, where is that in the world? Southeast Asia. And I'm getting excited. So I'm sitting up in my seat here. <laughs> I've spent, this is a little biased, but not really. I've spent the last three years on and off in Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Thailand, and Philippines living. So I have a base there and then I'll travel. And you still have a, a home there right yeah, now. I just with moved furniture. Yeah. In Mani- sorry to interrupt, but I, I picture you as no furniture guy. I got furniture. I got a couch. No, I have a dog, a pug, a baby pug. He's in Manila. Um, we're flying. He has a passport and an emotional support certificate. So we're going to, we can't, we were supposed to have him here now, 
but we can't fly back to Manila. My girlfriend and I are stranded here. So she's going to go back to Manila because only Filipinos can go right now as I speak this. So she's going to go bring him and bring him back here. We're going to keep both homes here in Manila, LA and Manila, just to have best of both worlds. But Southeast- That's not a common, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, bi-coastal. That's not, it's not very yeah. common. <laughs> LA and, and Manila. It's great because you can have a hub in both. But um, yeah, I love Southeast Asia. First of all, golf aside, it's very, very affordable compared to even compared to Japan, Korea, Singapore, Hong Kong. Southeast Asia is way cheaper, obviously, compared to Europe, America, Canada, Australia. It's just a good bang for your buck. You can get an, a great meal for a dollar and, and it tastes delicious. Um, and you've been there probably, so you know. So Southeast Asia is wonderful. The nature is great. The people aren't very welcoming and nice. And I would say it is really becoming a hotspot for golf, specifically Vietnam. I think it's you can check the whatever rankings, but it's they just built like a hundred courses within the last few years and a lot of the big Jesus. names big names have gone out there to do it and when i moved to hanoi three years ago the capital of vietnam on my street i saw vietnam golf magazine and i had this on video i, I just knocked on the door and walked in it's like hi i like to play golf i would love to team up and they're like okay we'll sponsor you to i told them what i do and they're like we'll sponsor you to play all the nicest courses in vietnam we'll just pay for your accommodation and your flight and and you make a story on it so i'm telling you man i've played I probably played like four to 500 courses in my life, different courses, and Vietnam is where I found the most, like every blade of grass is cut to perfection. It's insane. <laughs> like every grain of sand in the, in the sand trap is like put, like placed. It's insane. And with the cultural experience of Vietnam, when you show up, this is kind of funny, like there'll be like a bunch of girls outside in miniskirts, like wanting to be your caddy and you have to pick which one. And they're all like have, you know, I, um, plastic surgery and they all kind of look the same and you pick one and then they're just like flirting with you the whole time and I don't know what else <laughs> happens there but it's it's such a cool experience um, just having a caddy because here you don't really have caddies unless it's like a really nice course but in Asia it's mandatory in some countries in Philippines too and they won't let you play without a caddy because it, you're providing a job for um, someone who doesn't have a lot of money and it, you know you feel good about it you even give them 10 bucks but it's nice because they're masters at the green and you don't know anything when you're playing in, on a volcanic you know, slope. And they're like, oh, no, the putt actually breaks this way. And they're right because they work on the course. So it's kind of nice to have caddies. And actually, I got so spoiled in the Philippines a few months ago. My last 10 rounds before coming here were in Manila area. And I came here and I was like, where's my caddy? Like, I can't read this putt. <laughs> you get a little bit spoiled. So, no, Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Philippines, Thailand, even Cambodia. That is, I, I really suggest you to go there and play golf. It's uh, it's a it's an area of the world where all of the other Asian countries travel there, like right. Korea, Japan. Mm -hmm. They because it's too expensive in those countries. Yeah. They go to I guess Vietnam is the primary uh, location. I would say Vietnam and Thailand, but yes, like you said, think about it this way. I used to live in Korea for two years, South Korea. South Korea is the size of Mississippi, and they have like 55 million people. So think about that. It's so densely populated that building a golf course, of course, it's expensive. It's a very elite sport. Golf is an elite sport in general. But in Korea, they don't have much land to build a course. So there's X amount of courses. And if you want to play the course, it's a lot of money. But when you go to Vietnam, we have a lot more land, a lot less people. And it's more tropical in Vietnam. You know, it's closer to the equator. Yeah, you love that. Vibes. You're so happy. Vibes. So, I dude, love palm trees. Yeah, it's all palm trees, coconut trees. It's warm. And uh, man, I'm so excited. And I would love to take you out there and play. I, you know, when you described going into the golf shop and them kind of sustaining or uh, supporting your, you know, travels of golf, mm -hmm. 
I had this vision of me in like seven to nine years living there sort of behind a green kind of like Marlon Brando and in, in, uh, apocalypse now, yeah. just like, just like, <laughs> just like some kid comes and he's like, I want to make a YouTube video. And I'm like, you can't make a YouTube video. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, just like, why don't we just do that? Like, I mean me, I guess, why don't I just do that? Cause you're scared to, it's risky to just move to Asia. Every a lot of people are scared. I I took that leap of faith when I moved to Korea to teach English when I was 22, which was a great idea. If if I would have gone nine to five, I probably would still be in nine to five, and I wouldn't be sitting at this table. Well, and for the rest of your life, you'd be thinking about that moment. Probably, yeah. So I'm happy I took that leap of faith. And the older you get, the harder it is to take that leap of faith. Kids, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. You know, you get farther into your job, and they're like, "Well, if you leave, you got to start from day one again." So. I want to go back to the moment where, you know, again, 1.6 million YouTube subscribers, all because your girlfriend gave you a camera without you really knowing. I mean, I mean, that just seems so unlikely to me. I mean, not unlikely, but it seems it seems like those movies where they're trying to illustrate uh, coincidence and chance. Right. And, and you're like, I mean, your life just sort of diverts. And, and, and how do you look at experience as, you know, having that possibility? Right. I mean, when you look back on it, does it make sense? It does make sense because I was always creating content. I was telling stories through blogging, through Snapchat, just not with an actual video camera. So that was like the missing piece. And my girlfriend, she always says, and if you ask her, she'll say that she saw potential in me at the time to make stories that last longer than 24 hours because Snapchat would delete after 24 hours. And so I did. I, one of my first videos was I went to North Korea or my very first one was I was living in Vietnam. So what can $10 get you in Vietnam was the very first video. That's a good title. Yeah. I want to watch that video yeah, right now. Yeah you, can, yeah, you can watch it. I've actually done 40 episodes of that $10 series in 40 different countries. I, I kept it going. But yeah, my first video was just a little budget video and I got like 10 things for $10. And then a month later, I went to North Korea and that's when I did that video, um, which when I look at it now, it's so it's hor I can't, it, I cringe because I, it's so bad. Just because of the, the quality or the yeah, editing or yeah. what? Yes, everything. So it's way too fast paced. Um, I'm horrible on camera because it was one of my first times. The camera I was shooting on was, was a really small Canon um, and it just moves too fast. And, and I, if I did it now, but everybody can say if I did it now, but you, ha you have to start somewhere. So I started there. And now when I look at my videos now, which is only three years later, I've, I've, um, you know, I've done a lot better with that, but three years, but thousands of hours, Th thousands of yeah, hours, a thousand videos. So three years is about a thousand, videos. 10,000 hours. Oh, more Malcolm Ten Gladwell. Yeah, more. I've read the book. Yeah. More than 10,000 hours for sure. But I've made about a thousand videos. And as of now I have Facebook's my, I have 3 million followers on Facebook. That's my biggest social media. I have about 5 million total on all social media and 1.3 billion views total. That's, that's a lot of views. That's, lot that's, of views. that's how many people are in the world. About seven and a half, so I'm almost one sixth of the world. What is the what is the most ridiculous thing that you know? Because you know a lot. What is the what is the thing that you're just like? Why do I know that? <laughs> God, it's gotta be something. <laughs> um, man, I, I'm just like like I'm gonna come back to that, but let's keep talking, and then I'll, I'll just jump out and say this is the most ridiculous thing I know. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, what uh, what um, the golf swing? I mean, your swing is money, dude. Thank you. Your swing is money. It's like on plane and you get a great follow through and you get to the left side. What's your favorite part of the golf swing? 
after you take it back, that moment, the first millisecond when the, the club drops down and you just shift all your weight. I love that. I, like when I watch, when I'm bored, I'll just go on YouTube and watch like slow motion of Rory McIlroy because he's my favorite swing. And dude, the power that he gains, it's insane. It's like taking the club back. I mean, you look at some guys like Finau or Ram, they take it back like halfway or even um, uh, Wolf. You yeah. know, he does the, the, what's it called? Chicken bone? Is that uh, what it's called? I, yeah, Whatever chicken wing. Called. Chicken wing. So the take back is not important, but the second, they all... At, at the very end of the take back, it's all kind of in the same spot. And then it's that first move forward. It just gets me going. You must um, you must get a lot of respect when you go play in like Fiji. And they're like, whoa. It's kind of funny. I, in Fiji, yes. I played with the head pro of Fiji. Did you play um, at um, uh, Vijay Singh's course? Uh, I have played. I played a few different rounds. I have played at Vijay Singh's course. There's like 15 good courses in Fiji. Um, I was there about a couple months ago and I played, but yeah, I, I just show up and even with rental clubs and, you know, go on the range and hit a bit and then they're just like, oh wow, you really can play. Right. So it's cool. Um, <laughs> I, and, and this last two months because of coronavirus, I've been, had my own sticks. I never had my own clubs ever. Right. So I finally got my swing back and I was shooting 74, 75 every round from the tips at TPC stadium. Um, not an easy course, not an easy course. And it, it's, it just was so nice to get my swing back. What's your driving distance? About 290. I don't hit it that far. I mean, you you have a swing that looks uh, controlled, mature, yeah. and dialed. I hit it straight. Yeah. So 290, a lot of people... I mean, I guess that's probably... Aver no, average is like 300. Oh, no. It's way above average for amateurs. No, but the average... You know how they count the average. They'll count like the average tee shot, I think. So if you tee off with a five iron, they'll count that as a driving average oh, on PGA I see. Tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. 290 is PGA Tour numbers for like, you know, not like the top 10 yeah right maybe 290 yeah like um who is it like Ches Reevy. yeah like he's like 287 yeah you're you right. know or whatever it is um if, as long as i can hit it straight man i don't care if how long it is i mean if i don't hit the green in two on a par five then i'll still i'll still get a birdie can you go on a golf trip like just golf related yeah let's do it would you do that i would 100 percent do let's it. let's do that dude where when that'd be fun um maybe maybe southeast asia <laughs> maybe vietnam well so we were supposed to be there for yeah. adventures in golf right now yeah yeah we had um we were going to do an episode about screen golf in korea which which <laughs> nice. i love and awesome. you obviously yeah, know yeah. a lot yeah, about yeah. that it's just vibey. Yeah. It, it's funny because screen golf, I think people visualize it as high tech. There are some low tech versions, which are kind of dope. Right. You're like in the basement, there's a disgusting yeah. couch. Yeah. There's like, it smells weird for an American. Right. And, you know, it's like there's green tea and da 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 da. Yeah. And then, but there's a screen. Mm -hmm. And then so we were going to do that and kind of explore the different implications of that. And then Vietnam and, and, and really... I was heavily looking forward to Vietnam because we went to Thailand um, for season uh, I remember when you were two there. or three, yeah. two, and, and we did something that we don't do very often, which is, um, we, we, you know, talking about episode uh, production length, mm -hmm. first episode took us seven or eight days. Now it's like a day and a half. Seven or eight days? Yeah, we oh try to God. hammer it out in a day and a half. Good. And so with Thailand, we got done early and I said, all right, you know what, let's leave all the gear here. Mm -hmm. Take a backpack, and we're going south. Nice. So we did. Um, I think it was just four days in, um, you know, the uh, Andaman Sea. And Andaman Sea, nice. And um, cool. we just stayed at a different place every night with no plans. Incredible backpacks. Me, David, and Stuart. And honestly, it it's one of the highlights of my life. Is that unplanned backpack only? Who cares? No responsibility. We brought a drone, and that was it. That sounds incredible. I'm down for that kind that of trip. your life? Or a golf trip, or we can combine the two. How how often do you just flip the script, and you're like, no, no, I'm getting out of here. I'm doing something else. 
Not often. I I do some research like the day before and I'll talk to my local friends in the country and I'll be like, here's a story I want to tell. Sometimes if the people I want to interview aren't, aren't into it, then I have to cancel it, which is rare, but I pretty much, I have the story I want to tell and and I'll tell it. So it's not very, it feels loose. It feels like you're like, Oh, well, look at this story I found, but you're actually going with not, maybe not a script, but an outline. Yeah. You know what's happening. I know what's happening before a few times. Do you know the title of the video? You know, what's funny. And we can, this is a whole nother podcast. The title. And I think I told you this before the title and the thumbnail are more important than the actual story you're making. Yeah. When I found that out, I started crying because I've been having it backwards. Yeah. Not as important, more important because in suggested videos, which is how you'll get most of your views or people search and the thumbnail, the people look for like a 0.01 seconds and it's got to jump out and the title too. That's so important, man. We can have a whole nother chat about that. You should, you could go into being a YouTube consultant. <laughs> I mean, you could probably, have oh. you made a video on how to make a video? No, I haven't. Whoa. Maybe I should. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you lessons off, off camera. I would love but, that. Um, no, I, I, I lost my train of thought, but, um, uh, it was like scripting. Scripting. Yeah. I, I do like to script before I shoot. Oh, something. I asked you. Yeah. If you, if you if you know the title, that's what I said. Oh, I don't really know the title until sometimes it's really obvious, but I usually will figure it out as I'm editing and I'm like, that's the punchline or that's the title. How do you think YouTube has changed us as people? As creators or consumers? Consumers. The, 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 the 7 billion. Um, it's turned into TV. So even like literally people will sit on their couch and they don't have cable anymore. So YouTube will be one of the five apps they have. Netflix, Hulu, YouTube. So I just think it's it's transitioning into TV and it's become so mainstream and it's a great way to learn. You know, everyone says you don't need to go to college and I'm like half and half about that. I think college is a great time to mature and, and learn about yourself. But um, you can really learn everything on YouTube. And I learn I learn a lot of things on YouTube. I taught myself how to edit completely on YouTube. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, completely on YouTube. And I taught myself how to play golf. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well, I you. did. Yeah, good. Yeah, I You did. have a good swing too, by I the found, way. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I found this guy on YouTube right when I first started playing golf. Wayne DeFrancesco. Uh-huh. He's still making videos. Awesome. And we have a, I want to make a video where I go, I meet this man. I want to meet this. Do you have to go? No. I have 20 minutes. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, uh, I was like, I really want to meet this guy. How is it only... Wait, is it really... Is that the time? It's 9.48. Yeah, we started early, man. We just... Oh, we did start early? We start. We started at 9. I mean, how long is this I thing? feel like we've been recording for both I, sh- shorter and longer. <laughs> Hang on a second. We're going to go take a quick break, everybody. We're back. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason. And we have a couple of podcasts. If you, you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. So what's the thing that you've been... When, you, when you're using YouTube as a medium, and we're talking about how it's changed the way we consume content and the way that, you know, you use YouTube, you learned how to edit videos on YouTube. I, Oh, it was the Wayne DeFrancesco thing. I I couldn't remember where we were at, (laughs) but I wanted to do this pilgrimage to meet Wayne. Mm -hmm. Anyway, whatever. That's a side point. Where is he? Uh, I believe he's like Toronto. Okay. And he does these crazy like angles and lines on professional swings and break. He's like a 15 minute video where he just talks and breaks down why this or that. Mm -hmm. But you taught yourself how to edit on YouTube. I'm curious to know, like, like, so, so it's turned into TV, mm-hmm. but 
but it's 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 like you said it's like it's also very educational i mean i find myself on youtube searching like how to do things all the time yeah i think it's great um it's a free way to learn things and anyone can teach anything that they're passionate about so i guess i'm teaching travel that's kind of weird to say it like that but i'm just telling people experiences and educating people about lesser known places in the world and breaking stereotypes so i can talk a lot about that the countries like i told you libya afghanistan Syria, Yemen. Um, it's great to like, if it wasn't for YouTube, how would people see these countries? I'm not going to get picked up on CNN about Yemen because that's not maybe, but that's not their mainstream focus. So YouTube is almost the, the best and only way for people to learn about certain things, learn about everything actually. Yeah, there's definitely, you're right. There, there's, there's like this kind of, um, it's like a flea market kind of thing. It's like, it's like you can do anything you want. And I guess, do you have any, um, like mentors? No. Whoa. There's a few, you can just drop the mic now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. Maybe not even a personal mentor, but, but a hero, someone, someone that you look to and said, yeah, that's cool. A good, I mean, maybe friend, not. a good friend of mine, Lee Abamanti, he visited every country in the world when he was 32, and he's now one of my best friends. He's also a golfer. But he, he I kind of looked up to him in the how to visit every country world, and he's been a mentor to help me, and he's helped me with some business deals. He's very smart in that, in that world. But as far as video making, it's not like I was watching someone and like, oh, how do I be like them, or I want to do something like that. I just got a camera, and I went for it. And even to this day, I watch very, very few travel video creators oh it'd be terrible i just like if i watch their stuff i feel like i'll like i'll either try to be like them or i'll try to do something that they did it, it's competitive whether you admit it or not you're compa- the other golf youtubers you said you do the same thing so you're essentially competitive with them even if you're friendly with them you're still competitive so i just try to be unique and try to be myself and i'll set the trend if people are watching me they can copy me and a lot of people have copied my style of storytelling exactly it cracks me up same subtitles same color scheme same way of telling stories and it used to kind of make me mad and now i'm like you know what i'm happy because i i kind of started this way of of doing things yeah imitation yeah best form of flattery um so you have uh not one but two guinness book world records yeah that's they're they're are they big it's not a big deal to you or are they not really i i always wanted to be in the guinness book so when it happened it was cool but it was um most do you know what a, a unesco site is you know what that I, is? I actually don't and okay, i'm glad great. you're mentioning it a unesco u-n-e-s-c-o a unesco world heritage unesco world heritage site they're designated sites around the world that are in this like category um for natural beauty for cultural significance it's by it's a list by the un so the grand canyon would be one for nature um, I don't there, there's a thousand of them in the world, about a thousand. So I visited the most UNESCO sites in 24 hours across Germany and Holland. I visited 12 sites. Um, and it was just like the Berlin wall would be one. Um, the canals of Amsterdam is another one. So I don't know if you look it up, you'll see all the list of stuff, but it was crazy. Me and my friend, my Spanish friend did it. Um, we didn't sleep. And then it's funny to the end of that story is I'm a diehard Chicago sports fan. My dad's from Chicago. I'm a huge Cubs fan since birth. And right when I finished that Guinness World Record, like I finished and then I walked into a bar in Amsterdam and it was game seven of the World Series. Whoa. And so I, I did the, I did, the one I, with the rain delay? 
Yeah, the one oh right away. My and and God. the uh, it started at four a.m. because here it started at six p.m. and so in Amsterdam it was four p.m. four four a.m. and I begged them to keep the bar open because there was no place to watch. I was by <laughs> myself. I had just finished the world record, so I hadn't slept for twenty four hours. And I watched. I I told them I'll drink as much as you want to keep the bar open. So I kept drinking beer by myself. <laughs> And I was just crying when the Cubs won the World Series. So I was like, I just got a Guinness World Record and the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> How crazy is that? Dude, that Insane. is one of the most amazing sporting events I've ever seen. Amazing. Amazing. I, like, I can't even believe the Cubs Do you remember the, um, they were down yeah. three yes. in game five. Yep. And then they won five, six, and, and seven. seven. Yes. I remember every, every pitch. Yes, game yeah. six was three to three. Yep. You remember that? It Good. Was unbelievable. Insane. I am a huge baseball oh, fan. Oh, you are? Cool. Oh, I love baseball. What's your I team? love it. Who's your team? 86 Mets. 86, 86 Mets. Uh, since then, I've kind of, you know. <laughs> 86 Mets. <laughs> you know, Gary Carter, Daryl Strawberry. You were like five years old when that when that happened. Yep. I was exactly five. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was just, we were all friends, you know, in my head. And I loved it. Um I, I played catcher as a kid. Nice. What about, did you play baseball? Yeah, shortstop. Shortstop. Yeah. Oh, short shortstop was always the cool guy. Seriously, I was always like, ah, fuck shortstop. It's like it's like shortstop is like that's the only name of a position on the baseball field that's kind of cool. I agree. Everyone else, pitcher. Yeah. It's outfielder. Pitcher, you're just probably super egotistical. <laughs> first base, you're just kind of interested in yourself, but you're mostly just tall. You're kind of a dipshit too. First yeah. Base. Anybody in the outfield, it's like yeah. you probably weren't even picked. <laughs> there just wasn't enough people. Third base, second base, Can probably we, good buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Javi Baez, second base. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Ca t tell me what the catcher's like. <laughs> <laughs> I've done really cool baseball stories in Cuba and Dominican Republic recently. In Dominican Republic, like three months ago. And I, I got access to the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, training facility. And e every team has one in the DR. Uh, you might know that. And then you go there and it's like they're recruiting. It's for all of Latin America. So Venezuela, Panama. Oh, they all go to the Dominican. They all go to the Dominican Republic and they're sponsored by the organization. So the D-backs prospects would say, oh, this guy in Venezuela, he's really good. We're flying him to the facility. They live in-house and they have a beautiful baseball diamond that they practice. I, I'll send you the video I did. And it was so cool. This kid was 18 years old. His name is Alvin Guzman. He signed a $2 million. He got $2 million signing bonus in his pocket. He comes from a very poor family in, in the DR and here he's got $2 million and he's like a top 10 prospect for next year in baseball. That's insane. I was sitting there talking to him. Actually, he plays center field. He's the fastest guy out there. And I was filming him with a GoPro and I was chasing, the coach was hitting fly balls and I was behind him in center field and chasing him. He was like, they were purposely making him try to dive and catch it. So he, they hit it to like left center and he would, and I was chased, I'm chasing him with my camera and he's like 10 times faster than me. But I, it's just like incredible how good these guys are. But I love baseball, man. I could talk about it all day. Yeah. Um, what a cool experience to watch the World Series like that. You know, yeah. did you watch the, um, the Open with Phil and Henrik? Yes. That was an incredible. Yeah. That, those two moments for me in sport were, were incredible. Real quick on that, um, on golf moments. When Tiger won the Masters, this is a good story. Me and my dad are sports nuts, so we, every, you know, calling each other everything. I was in Iraq. Oh, wow. At the airport, about to board my flight. When Tiger was on hole number 15, I arrived at the airport. Luckily, they had Wi-Fi. I had my computer. I know some hacking streaming um, websites where you can just, like, watch live sports anytime, anywhere. So I put on the tournament, and they call my... Tiger's on... He's, he just finished 17, Okay. 
and they call my boarding flight and they're oh, like no. time to board and I was, like, I was like dad i'm gonna miss the flight i need to see if tiger's gonna win the masters and i i, I i'm like standing there in the airport like have my computer in my hand like about to get on the plane and i'm like the last one on and literally it sounds like it's straight out of a movie but tiger synced the putt won the masters i was freaking out and then i like was the last one on the plane and i got on the plane <laughs> and i was like i was i was on the phone with my dad as i was watching the computer and they're like are you gonna board are you gonna fly so i did watch tiger win the win the masters which was obviously the best moment in sports that I can remember aside from the Cubs winning the world series. Yeah. It, it is very amazing how these moments are like bestowed upon us. And, yeah. you know, I think, um, have you, have you had a chance to witness other sport around the world? That's kind of opened your eyes. Like in life. Well, like, you know, uh, Japanese baseball game. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. Japanese like, baseball game, Korean baseball game, Taiwanese baseball. How game. about a Japanese baseball game? I think in Korea it's more, it's more fun because really? the cheerleaders, just because of cheerleaders. Oh, they have cheerleaders. They have them in Japan too, but in Korea, they they have these chants and these sexy girls that are just cheering <laughs> and like coming up to your aisle and like wearing nothing. It's really it's a cool experience to see that. Um, not not just the girls. It's like the atmosphere of right. being in Korea um, at a baseball game. Japan's is very similar, um, but yeah, I've been to a cricket match in India versus Pakistan. Oh wow! And those guys go crazy about how, cricket. How many people are in the stands for that? It, I mean, India's um, big. So it's got to be like. Yeah, but the, the facility I was in wasn't that big. Maybe 20,000. Oh, really? Okay. Is that more than you thought? Less. I was imagining they like... Do, they have stadiums that are like that. Yeah. 50,000, 60,000. But yeah, I mean, I've... India is crazy. India is crazy. India is like... like have you been? Oh, t- uh, twice. Twice to India, twice to uh, Nepal. India is crazy. I played golf in Nepal, by the way. Did you play? Which one? Kathmandu Country Club. Kathmandu uh, something. Royal... Wait, you I, mean Royal I, Nepal? I gotta look. Yeah. 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 You played there? It's in Kathmandu, right by yeah. the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Do you play there? Yeah. I have a video of me. It was one of when I first started making videos. I was like, oh, my plane is around. Like, I gotta walk Amazing. to walk to my thing. Did Amazing. you play there? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We, oh, man. We could talk for like all day. There's a girl who lives right off the fourth hole, like within the bounds of the golf course and with her parents. And she's a really good golfer and she was trying to go pro. She still is. She, I think she's an American. I think she's in California oh, somewhere. Oh, cool. And she, uh, she's great. She's really cool. And she like met Tiger Woods. And, did you like, play by yourself? You just no, we did an episode. Oh, you did an episode. Yeah, we did an episode Man, there. I gotta watch that. Oh, it's fun. And um, and then that's season two, I think. It's it's the same trip where we did the Thailand thing, and then we wanted to shoot the intro, and so we went up to uh, Pokhara. Mm-hmm. Pokhara, yeah. Pokhara. And then <laughs> you say Pokhara, I, I say Pokhara. tomato, tomato. Go ahead. <laughs> It is poker. Poker. But uh, we went up there to go find a place to do the intro, and we ended up finding an entirely uh, new episode nice. on this Himalayan golf club. You know, those those are the two videos I think you would appreciate the most. But anyway, India's crazy. How, by the way, how amazing is travel? It, it's it's amazing. Like When you're d- describing this to me, I can see the sparks flying about how happy you are that you were in Nepal. That's how I feel all the time, except when I'm stuck in L.A. No, I'm just kidding. LA is <laughs> great. I love L.A. That's why I moved here. Um, no, it's, it's amazing. Every time you travel, there's a new experience to be shared, no matter who you are, no matter if you like golf, if you like puppies, if you like food, it doesn't matter. Traveling is the best thing that you can do period to anyone. Yeah. I'm getting kind of, um, homesick. Ironically, I've been in my home for months, but I'm getting homesick from that experience in my life. It's amazing. You do your dear golf stuff, which is awesome. And for me, it's just like the same thing with travel and golf, but but they, uh, they connect. It's the same thing, right? You travel and you golf and you golf and you travel. So yeah, the, uh, yeah. Traveling in in and of itself though, was always a fascination for me. I used to, I've driven across the country 
in like seven different forms awesome. of, you know, vehicle. You used mo- to live in, live in Spain or France? Uh, France, Paris. Yeah, yeah, Paris. I mean, that's not, that wasn't really, a, I mean, that was a that, beginning. That was a beginning. A it was brief. Um, but, you know, I've always loved just driving. Road right. trip kind of guy. The best. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, the t- travel, you, you really hit it on the head there, though. It's It's this... It's it's like there's there's very few ways that we as humans can teach ourselves how right. to see something new, teach ourselves how to ask questions. Right. And travel is an immersive way of doing that. It, it's like osmosis. It's like you yeah. get hit on the head and it's mm-hmm. like, boom, you're curious. Yeah. Boom. You want this. And, um, you know, that that's if you do it right and it, it starts to flow. Yeah. You can watch as many documentaries as you want or read as many books. But when you're actually in the place, you learn so much more. I don't really I'm not a history guy. I don't really know much about it, but when you're sitting at the pyramids of Giza and you have a tour guide, history becomes the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. Right. And if you're sitting in your house, it's hard to have those experiences. Yeah. History is really interesting to me. And I think, I mean, that's one of the things I love about golf is that it's got this rich history and, you know, combined with the rich history and the travel and we've got, we can talk about Henrik and Phil. We can talk about current events in golf it, I'm curious to know what you would change with the game of golf. It's funny because I, I didn't play golf for like a year. And then this is, this is kind of a side note. And then they, they changed the flag stick rule. And my whole life I played, we have to take the flag stick out. And like, it was weird to putt with the flag stick in. And now I can't putt with it out. <laughs> Cause one time it helped me and it brought my putt in and I'm like, well, you know what? I'm just going to keep the flag stick in. What would I change about golf? Oh man, this is a tough question. Um, we could save it for the video. No, you can think. I, I think I would make it more global and you might think that it's already global, but like how, what percentage of PGA tournaments are in the U S a lot, like 80%, 90%. I'm not, I can't, I mean, Mex- Mexico is almost doesn't even count if, if you're American, I would like to see more PGA tournaments and there are tournaments in, I went to one in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong, there's like, like Henrik Stenson will be there and like one other pro because they're getting paid $2 million to go there in yeah. Dubai in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I would like to see an actual tournament kind of like how they play an NFL game in London, right. you know, bring the team there, bring all the players there and have an event in, in Nepal or have an event or wherever it doesn't Romania. Yeah. Just pick one place. I would love one once a year. Yeah. One, they should go to Romania and do a whole tournament there. That would do wonders for Romania. It's a good idea. For it's a good golf, story. Right. Or Norway. Yeah. How many golfers are from Sweden? Or Norway. Not or, many. Yeah, exactly. And or in Germany, Keimer, there's some guys. In Spain, it's pop- golf is popular in Spain. Yeah. It's really popular. Go to Spain, do a whole event. Everyone who likes golf in Europe would be there. Yeah. That's a good idea. Well, they do have the European tour. Yeah, but I'm talking PGA tour is not the European tour. Yeah, it's a different class of golfers. It's a strange... I, I agree with you. Right? It's a strange thing. It's a strange problem. Um, you have to go soon. It's I a- had one question on the tip of my tongue yep. that I really wanted to get out. Talking about travel, golf. Talking about travel and golf. That's what we've done the whole time. Um, oh, man. It was a really good one. I forgot one. it. Dude. It was a really good one. It's like, you know, when you get the really good thing. What's it like interviewing people? I mean, it's a specific talent. It's hard to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm making myself sound great, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> you're good at interviewing. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like an art because every person is different. Hmm. You said to me before we met, you knew that this would go well because I do this for a living too. And it's gone really well. It's been great. Sometimes you interview people and they're really shy or awkward. Or you say, you say to yourself, like, why did I choose to interview this person? It's, it's challenging. But then, then you're put in a position where you have to find ways to push through it and you have to make it not awkward. 
I don't like being awkward on, on uh, voice. It's not, you can't see the awkwardness on a camera. If something's awkward, it's going to shine through. So <laughs> it, you just, you got to be a people person. You have to be, you have to be relatable. You have to know what not to say, how to make someone laugh. Laughter is a huge thing, man. Yeah. If it's, if it's going really dry, if you make a joke and it breaks the ice. Yeah. Yeah. You got to feel each person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, it's, 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 it's funny because I, I've, I never wanted to host anything. And I get the feeling like you really didn't either. Yeah, I never grew up wanting to host people. Like you weren't like, where's the stage? Exactly. Where's the mic? Exactly. You were like, where's the people that are interesting to me? Yeah. And, you know, and and really I think the economics background, I mean, maybe I'm hitting it hard, but I think that's like the way things work. It's the way culture works. I mean, currency is number one wherever you go. It's 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 the way, and I've I've become fascinated in it, and I, I know very little. Yeah. But um, you know, for me, it was like uh, we would go on a with a tour. We would go walking through, uh, you know, while traveling, mm -hmm. and I would just be like peppering the tour guide with questions. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. It's interesting, man. Why are countries rich, and why are some countries poor, especially within Africa? You have some really, really rich nations and you cross a border and then it's really, really poor. It's like, why? Yeah. So I'd love to learn about that. Have you had any like crazy VIP experiences? Yeah. Once comes to mind right away in the country of Georgia, there is, um, is that, is that, it's basically Russian. Is it, is yeah, there, is it's, that a, it's a former Soviet country. Good. Okay. You know, your geography Soviet, yeah. now it's been independent since 1991, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, bro, Georgia. I just want to see you light up some world knowledge. When we go Dude, play golf, I'm just going to hit you with you questions me, about the give world. Give me an empty map, and I can not only <laughs> not only name every country, I can name every capital. Every like, dude, I'm insane. Do you love maps? I love it. I yeah. love maps. I love maps. I have a map downstairs of Antarctica. Good, I've been there. Yeah. Do you want it? You can have it. It's framed. You've been there. I haven't even been no, there. No, I'm not going to take it from you. Wait, I don't, really quick. Okay. Uh, the point was um, <laughs> Georgia. Georgia, yeah. So VIP experience. I was invited. I was living in Bangkok at the mo at the time two years ago, and I got an email from the manager of this guy named Bera. He's a local musician. He's an albino pianist and a musician. And his dad, his father, was a former prime minister of Georgia. I googled them. His net worth is seven point six billion dollars. <laughs> he's a ri he's like the top ten richest man in world or something. Uh, top twenty, I think it was. This is the son of, of the guy, same last name as the president. So I got an email from the manager like, hey, we want you to come to Georgia. Bera, the guy, he follows you and he would love you to just t say something nice about Georgia. And so I was like, okay, um, I charged him. Where are you when you get the... I was in Bangkok and I was like, I was like, okay, this is when I started making videos. I should have charged way more. But I was like, <laughs> I was like, my rate is $10,000 a video because I knew he was rich. And she's like, okay, uh, we just, we need to fly you out tomorrow. And I, I thought it was a joke until I saw the airplane ticket. What? Yeah, this has never happened to me. And what? so then I, I'm, I'm in my house and all of a sudden, like an hour after I call her, I have an airplane ticket to Georgia the next morning. And so, and that's a long flight, dude. You have to fly from, yeah. from, from Bangkok to Dubai, which is uh, like nine hours and then Dubai to Georgia, which is like, four hours. So it was a long travel day. Um, they fly me there and sure enough, first class, not first class. I wish I should have asked economy for, plus. I, I should, yeah. Economy. I should have <laughs> asked for first, but Emirates, Emirates is economy is like first class. Emirates is money. Emirates is money. So I get to Georgia and I get yeah, in hindsight. What would you have asked for? What's the deal in hindsight? I probably would have asked for like 50. If they asked me now, I would ask for 50 grand and, um, first class. Then first class. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. dude. For sure. Uh, you got, 
when, when you negotiate, you have to think about who's the brand or who's the person. Yeah. And how, yeah. How much money they have. So I get to Georgia and right off the plane, I, there's like a limited edition Maserati. He was like, there's only 10 in the world, like handmade. <laughs> this. So they pick me up to my plane. The plane arrives oh. and the Maserati comes to the plane. Oh. And they take me through. <laughs> yeah. Through this like VIP. They didn't even stamp my passport. What? I don't, I don't know how. Like he, this guy's more, more, has more power, more authority than the government. So Whoa. I think there's some mafia stuff going on too, which I probably shouldn't talk about on a public manner. We'll talk about it later. Never happened. Yeah, it never <laughs> happened. So anyways, the whole four days I was there, I was it with him and his private driver. The guys all had like earpieces in. We were like drinking. Shaved champ- heads? Not shaved heads. Suits? Suits, yes. Suits, yeah. ties. And we were like drinking champagne in the back of his car and we were going to all the best places in Georgia and he would like rent out a ballroom. <laughs> And, and hire the best band of Georgia just to come and get dinner with me. We'd rent out the whole place. And it's just the two of you. Just the two of us and his posse, which was like five people, and his manager, who's the one who contacted me. I don't know. I'm still friends with him to this day. This guy, he's like, he's pretty famous in Georgia. He's friends with like Justin Bieber. He did a song with, with P. Diddy. He's like, now you can look him up. But um, So when you would walk around, people would be like, dude, oh my God. Insane. Insane. I have what's his name? Bera Ivana Ivanovich. He's got 30 million views on his videos. That's music videos. dope. Yeah. So we're walking around, and the second we'd step out of his Maserati, the doors would go up, and it would be like it, he's like Justin Bieber famous. If Justin Bieber walked into Target, how how people would react yeah. is the way they react. World to him. stops. Insane. Insane. <laughs> it was so cool, man. <laughs> I love that, yeah. dude. That's yeah. uh, so, and you, and that's uh, and you documented all that. I have videos of everything, man. And it's all on your YouTube. It's all on my YouTube. The coolest thing about what I do, and I'm happy to say that my whole life is documented. And so anytime I just want to be like, oh, I want to relive that moment in, in Nepal playing golf, which is funny. I have YouTube open. I'm going to really quickly show you when I played that course in Nepal because I have it on video. All right. We're going to watch this video. Everyone go check out Drew Binsky on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Snapchat still. I don't do Snapchat anymore. Oh, it's so. mostly Instagram, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And, uh, you know, Drew Binsky, obviously B-I-N-S-K-Y, not your birth name. It was a nickname. Why? What does it mean? My real name is Goldberg, super Jewish. Um, I try to hide that for obvious reasons when I'm in some countries. But Binsky is a nickname my dad gave me as a kid. And it just stuck. My, my high school friends called me Binsky and I just made it my Facebook name. It has no origin. It's it just, no, just a It doesn't nickname. mean anything. He won't even tell me what it means. Full nickname. Full nickname. He won't tell you. He, he's like, I, why am I called Binsky? He's like, I don't know. I just called you Binsky when you were born. It's like a nickname. What does your dad do? He does sales. Uh, he's part ownership of a of an insurance company in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. What does he think of your job? He's very supportive now. It was kind of hard to convince my mom and my dad. You know, of course, the older generation they don't get it, yeah. and now they're they're my number one fan. So that's cool. That's great, man. That's they must be really proud of you. Yeah. And speaking of golf, and me and my dad, we, we I took him to Ireland and Scotland last year to play uh, seven rounds in seven days. He's oh, about so a, you have gone on a golf trip. That's great. Yeah. Oh, you asked me. Yeah, I have gone on a golf trip. Yeah. yeah. I played a bunch of awesome tracks up there. Um, have you been up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. What's the one? Royal Doorknock? Dude, that place is insane. That's a good one. I remember I walked into the clubhouse with my hat on. They're like, sir, take your hat off. It was forward, by the way. They're like, please take your hat off oh, to yeah, eat. You yeah, it was insane. Yeah, take but um, yeah, I, my dad's a 12 handicap, so we, we go on golf trips, and it's fun. Yeah. All right, well, um, you're not going to have a plane ticket in the morning, but we're going to go to Southeast Asia. We're going to go to Thailand or Vietnam. Let's do it. We're going to rip it up, um, and uh, it'll be fun. It'll be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Cool, Thanks man. for being uh, one of my favorite guests on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for doing everything you do. I feel like you don't get enough credit. Um, everyone listening to this watches you and, and likes your stuff. Oh, it's fine. It's cool, man. It's like the golf world is so niche. It's not basketball. It's not football. It's golf. 
and you're on the king of the pyramid. So congrats, man. I keep it going in the podcast. Now. Thank you, Drew. It's been great. Keep it going. <laughs>